The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everyone, to Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And today we're continuing on with our series on mastering your emotions. And it, it occurs to me that one of the things that a lot of people talk about, but they really don't understand what the word means, and that is mastery. Because especially in the metaphysical and the spiritual fields and the alternative healings, we talk about masters all the time, but we don't really know what they are. So... I wanted to explain to you that mastery at its most basic level is simply the ability through practice, understanding, and repetition to be able to do something without even thinking about it. Because when you think about mastering athletics or mastering a mental skill or mastering some kind of activity, what that means is you just do it so many times that you do it automatically and you don't even have to walk. That's why, or we don't even have to think about it. That's why we could be called masters of breathing because you don't really have to think about it, but there's always ways that you can improve it. So today I wanted to talk to you about the emotion of anger because it's something that everybody I think is familiar with the emotion a lot of people don't know why we have that emotion, and certainly most people don't know what to do about it when we're in the middle of a huge anger episode or we're enraged or we seem to get uh, lose our temper over and over and over again because you know one of the, this is one of the more powerful emotions in the sense that we feel it more than a lot of the other emotions um, because we can't uh, process it very successfully unless you know what you're doing. And I, because I grew up with a, with parents who frequently were angry. My father, uh, I believe was a rageaholic because it seemed like I could make him so angry that he would just fly into rages uh, anytime I wanted. However, the problem is, is that it being angry and not letting it go, not processing it, holding on to it, feeling justified in our anger or being victimized by our anger is extremely unhealthy. Uh, in more primitive times, anger had a very useful role because uh, when we were faced with uh, 
a threatening situation, we oftentimes would get angry, and that would motivate motivate us to do something that helped us to survive. In other words, if we got angry at an enemy, we would be motivated to do something to protect ourselves. If we were angry at a predator, it would motivate us to fight back. Um, Anger is just one of a lot of emotions that we experience from time to time, but it's particularly a response and reaction to a belief that there is something wrong or that we feel threatened. And that's especially if our desires are unfulfilled. It's a part of our defense mechanisms and helps us to change our circumstances and analyze what we're experiencing. Now, that's on a healthy level. It principally motivates us to change. And in that regard, anger is not bad. It can be very useful and motivates us into uh, being better people. Now, one thing to understand is that anger always has a message. And we have to understand the message before we can let go of the anger. Anger is the doorway to the shadow side of our psyche. And those are the deep, dark places that we normally don't want to go to, those parts of ourselves that we really don't want to know. But when it's time to interact with these dark places, when it's time to heal them, when it's time to heal distant memories of trauma or pain, anger usually is the red flag that signals it's time that we have to deal with that. So the true gift of anger is that it's a signal that we have to shift from unconscious reaction to conscious observation. When we get quiet and follow anger to its source, you will notice that anger is based in fear. And by that, I mean that it usually is triggered by an event or a circumstance that subconsciously triggers our fear mechanisms. And then when that's not resolved, we become angry. It's interesting to watch that in myself or in other people because you can almost see it on their faces because they will first react in fear and then they'll get angry. It's kind of like when a parent sees a child step out into traffic or go somewhere that's, you know, they're very threatening. And the first reaction will be that the parent is scared to death. And that will kick in their adrenal glands. They, you know, and you can see or hear these stories about how mothers will pick up a car and get their baby out from under it or similar stories. But then it's always followed by anger. That's when the parent gets really angry at the child or someone that they've just protected. That's the natural order progression of the emotion. Fear that creates anger is the fear that we won't get what we want or we will lose what we have. And those are the interplay between desire and greed, because if we're afraid that we're not going to get what we want, that's an unhealthy desire. And if we are afraid that we're going to lose something, that's greed. So if we contemplate what we're afraid of, we will discover the cause of the anger and we'll be one step closer to letting it go, healing it, 
and to learning how to deal successfully with those times when we feel that we're losing control. Now, masters, going back to the master's analogy, masters know how to do this instinctively. And that's because they either were brought up in an environment that these things were taught to them, or for some reason they were gifted by the divine or the universe with an innate ability to deal with these negative emotions without having any problems with them. As I said, a master allows these emotions to flow through them, and just for a matter of seconds, they'll experience it, they will note what the message is, and then they will let go of it because they don't need it anymore. Most people, and that includes people who are rageaholics or they're addicted to anger or they have temper tantrums or they're chronically uh, victimized and they stay upset all the time and angry at the world, they don't know how to process the anger. The most important thing to realize is that all anger comes with, from within. In other words, no one can make us angry. When we explode with anger, have to realize that it was there all along. And the good news is, is that when it comes out, it lets us know that we have some serious healing work to do. In the final analysis, all roads from anger lead back to us. Our addiction to fulfilling our desires is the usual source of anger. And let me repeat that one more time. No one can make us angry. It is our addiction to fulfilling our desires that's the usual source of our anger. Just like a junkie who can't find drugs, we experience anger, even rage, when we don't get what we want. When children have temper tantrums and aren't trained on how to properly channel that energy or emotion, they oftentimes will grow up with anger issues. One of the things that I notice about people who have anger issues is that they they have not successfully healed or dealt with their childhood trauma. And so what a lot of people require in order to deal with their anger issues is to go back and heal these traumatic times in their childhood and learn how to comfort what we call their inner child. In other words, if anybody is a parent or they know adults that are around children, it's important to teach children how to deal with anger instead of saying to them, stop it or I'll give you something to be angry or cry about. Boy, did I hear that one a lot. Kids need to be to have role models of how anger is just another emotion. And we need to understand, to learn it, to deal with it in a healthy way. The same thing as when we deal with sadness, grief, and fear. You know, one of the things that uh, we have to drill into ourselves and get clear on is that there's nothing wrong with anger. What's what most people experience is that they hold on to it too long. And so we have to learn and have to learn strategies of how to let go of the anger and to be okay with it for brief periods of time. You know, 
I love to say that anger is a sign that we've lost our sense of humor and we've started taking life and ourselves too seriously. You know, one of the one of my favorite quotes is by Oscar Wilde, and he said, life is much too important to be taken seriously. Anger is our natural reaction to threat or frustration. It is also the sign that our desires have taken control of us. If our desires are not met, then we become angry. That is the way a child reacts to not getting what they want. We need to take the position that if our desires are met, great. But if they're not met, great. We can say to ourselves, maybe the timing wasn't right, or it wasn't our destiny to have that desire met, or maybe the universe has something better in store from it for us, or all kinds of ways of looking at not getting our desires met that can be a positive result to not getting what we want. When we become angry, we need to lighten up. In other words, we need to find a positive outlet for that anger. And later on in the show, I'm going to teach you how you can do that. Anger becomes a problem when we hang on to it. Masters and truly wise people let it wash over them and notice it without holding on to it. If it lasts for more than a few minutes, we're going to have a problem either physically or mentally. My father is now in late-stage Alzheimer's disease and his anger services regularly. This is because he can no longer control it. He also has suffered cancer, strokes, and other serious diseases that are linked to unresolved anger. When we suppress anger, serious health complications may result. We repress anger because we're not allowed to express it as a child. You know, when we grow up, many times we get angry because we don't understand what's happening, we don't have the proper training, or it's just something new and we're frightened. But what is the normal uh, resolution of that anger sometimes is unhealthy because our parents don't allow us to express our anger. Sometimes we get disciplined, and I can remember being punished for getting angry because I was getting punished. And so we grow up with these unhealthy processes on how to deal with life. And what we have to do is replace the ones that we have, which result in us becoming angry, with a better solution. We repress anger because we don't know a better way. Temper tantrums or yelling weren't allowed, so we literally had to swallow our anger. And if you've ever been the target of uncontrolled anger, then you know that anger can be very toxic for not only the person that's angry, but for everybody around them as well. Medical scientists will tell you, vent your anger. Do something to let it out. Don't hold on to it. The problem with it is is that many people who are addicted to anger will get anger regularly, and they will traumatize a whole room of people who don't know how to deal with this very angry person. 
So we need to have a process for dealing with anger, especially unresolved or buried anger. You know, a lot of times if we were children and we weren't allowed to process anger around a certain event, when we're reminded of that event, we get triggered and we become angry, even if there's not anything going on in the moment. We could be watching TV. We could be uh, engaging in a conversation with somebody who's talking about childhood events, or we could be watching a movie. And what happens is, is that our mind connects the dots with that moment in time when we weren't allowed to vent our anger health in a healthy way. And all of a sudden we're angry and we don't even know what to do about it or even why we're angry. What we have to do is learn how to release this anger, let go of it in a healthy way. One of the most simple things you can do is to just say, I'm angry. And if you have to go into the bathroom and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am angry, and keep saying it, I am angry, I am angry, I am angry, eventually you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is pretty silly. So, And all of a sudden, your anger has gone. Because laughter is one of the best ways of dealing with anger. One process I highly recommend for releasing anger is to say, I let go of my anger aloud repeatedly and shake your hands like you're trying to flick water off of your fingertips. So just do that right now. Shake your hands, hold them up like they're wet and you're trying to dry them off and just flick them. And if you want to practice this, you may even be able to avoid having anger in in the first place because it's a great way to let go of any repressed anger that you don't even know is in your subconscious. So just flick your hands Say, I let go of my anger, I let go of my anger, I let go of my anger. As many times as you can, 10 to 20 times. And if you do it when you first wake up in the morning, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, and at night, you're going to feel much better. This simple technique is actually a pattern interrupt, and it resets your mental process. So you may have some anger lurking just below the surface of your consciousness and not even be aware of it. And this technique will actually help you process that anger in a healthy way. If you feel anger coming on, you know, one of the greatest things that my mother, bless her heart, would teach me is if you feel angry, count to 10 before you say anything. And one of the things that is truly remarkable is that there's actually scientific rationale for that. Because if you can distract yourself from the interplay of the emotional um, firing of synapses and other thought processes that result in your anger, then you can avoid losing control. And one of the best ways to do this is actually counting because it activates another part of the brain, the frontal cortex, that is different than the part of the brain, the limbic brain, that actually 
creates the anger through stored memories. And so what happens is, is that the limpid brain will give way to the conscious brain because the conscious brain is more powerful. And if you focus on the counting one and see the numbers, visualize the numbers in your mind and count to 10, all of a sudden that anger is dissipated. And the reason for that is that you have used a different part of your brain to stop what was going on in the anger centers of another part of your brain. So scientific uh, research is starting to validate a lot of these uh, processes that were done, and and many people didn't even know why you did it. It's just that it works. Now, if 1 through 10 doesn't work, then do it backwards, because that requires even more mental focus to distract yourself and to disengage that limpid brain that fight-or-flight syndrome that's building in your mind. And it's remarkable how if you use these counting techniques or flicking your fingers will go to help you have a clear mind. It'll help you to engage your analytical parts of your brain that will help you find a solution that you will never find if you were in the middle of a temper tantrum. You know, when you're throwing a temper tantrum, you're not going to find a solution. It's common, natural, and human to respond aggressively to any situation that makes you angry. That's what anger is supposed to do. It's supposed to, us, supposed to make us become aggressive. It's an ancient, ancient function of our brain to help us survive. Anger is a natural, adaptive response to threats, and it can inspire powerful, often aggressive feelings and behaviors. This allows us to defend ourselves when we feel we're attacked. A certain amount of anger, therefore, is necessary to our survival. However, Becoming angry at a child is inappropriate. Becoming angry at a coworker for whatever offense you seem to think that they have done to you is inappropriate. And that goes into the whole psychology of when our expectations aren't met, when our uh, desires aren't met, then we subconsciously engage the anger centers of our brain and we are not able to think clearly. So you have to be able to uh, stop what you're doing and think rationally and understand that this is not a life or death situation. So we're going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to give you some more techniques and strategies to deal with your anger and hopefully come to a place that you can remain calm and rational, even though you're not getting what you want. And you will be able to defuse your ticking time bomb of anger. This is Get Real Radio. 
And I'm your host, James Robinson, and today we're talking about anger, and we'll be right back. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Maryland Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in Tuesdays and join the credit master and consumer advocate, Mr. D, a.k.a. Bruce J. Danielson, and learn the whole truth about credit risk scoring, collectors, both kinds, credit bureaus, credit cards, tax liens, mortgages, and much more. Find out how to use accountability combat to protect yourself from becoming a victim and to fight back against corporate abusers, such as banksters who have taken unfair advantage of most of us. The Consumer Fightback Show educates consumers on how to find relief within today's onerous credit system. See you Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And today we're talking about mastering the emotion of anger. 
you know, as I was saying at the end of the last segment, a little bit of anger is necessary for our survival. However, we can't physically lash out at every person or object that irritates or annoys us. You know, there are laws against that sort of thing. Plus, you won't have many friends or healthy relationships if you yell at everybody that tends to tick you off. There are many, many ways on dealing with anger and learning how to recognize potential triggers before they ever happen. And people can use a variety of both conscious and unconscious processes to deal with their angry feelings. You know, in, there are about three common ways. One is we express our anger. The second is we suppress our anger. And then the third and best option is to calm our anger. Expressing your angry feelings in a healthy way, in an assertive way, but not aggressive way, is probably the healthiest way to express anger. But that's kind of hard to do when your brain is on fire and you've totally lost your temper and you can't, you're not, you're holding your breath, you're about ready to, your, your fists are probably bald and you're probably ready to hit somebody. It's very difficult to rationally express your feelings at a moment like that. So what you have to do is detach from your feelings, detach from the situation. And by that, I mean, walk away. One of the things that I found is that if I stay in a situation that's making me angry uh, and I don't walk away, at least, you know, take 30 seconds and go to the bathroom. Uh, Go do 10 push-ups. Do some jumping jacks. Do something to vent that anger in a positive, physical way. And you will be surprised how quickly that overwhelming feeling of rage or anger dissipates because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you move. Anger is supposed to have make you physically change whatever it is that you're experiencing, whether it's runaway, fight, or um, you know, st- start throwing punches. There are ways that you can vent that anger in a positive way out of the sight of everybody, that will help you. However, you know, it does occur to me that if you said, just wait one second, and then did 10 jumping jacks in front of the person that was making you angry, everybody's going to start giggling, including yourself, and it will completely diffuse the situation. If you can think about something that is positive about the situation, that can also be a very, very healthy way of dealing with asserting your anger. But the problem with it is, is that most people, when they get angry, they don't have the subtle command of their minds to be able to know the difference between being assertive and being aggressive. And what you have to do is you have to learn how to make clear what you want and to let somebody else know what you want 
without being an ass about it. And so, and that's a very difficult thing to do when your temper's rising and emotions are rising. And, you know, it's more times than necessary. We say things that we don't mean. And that's just because we are overwhelmed with the anger. Another uh, way of, of generally dealing with anger is to meditate. And what I mean by meditation is to be still, to breathe deeply, to look at the situation from a detached observer's uh, position, and to understand that what we're thinking is simply a biological result of a perceived threat that we're not going to get what we want or we're going to lose what we have. In other words, it is a subliminal, subconscious reaction to a perception that something's wrong. Now, that's an awful lot to think about when you feel yourself getting angry. But if you can just say, wait a minute, I am not this anger. I am not this emotion. I am not these thoughts. It's very, very important to detach from the emotion and to look for the message in the emotion and to refrain and to avoid being melodramatic and feeling victimized. Because if you are melodramatic about a situation and you're trying to be right about something or you feel like somebody's done you wrong, then you're not you're you're gone because the emotion has taken control of you rather than you controlling the emotion. By regularly meditating and contemplating we can detach from an emotion and let it go. This includes relaxation tools such as deep breathing and relaxing imagery and visualization can help you calm down. Just remember that if you're angry, then there, you have to start breathing because if you are getting enough oxygen to your brain, it is physically impossible to be angry at least out-of-control, unhealthy anger. When you supply your brain with enough oxygen, you can be upset, you can be frustrated, and you can even feel angry, but it's not going to take control of you, and you're not going to say something that you regret. That's when you're able to say, I am angry to somebody, and this is why I'm angry. Without being threatening, without being critical without being insulting because being critical, being insulting, being negative is usually the result of the fact that we're not breathing properly. So if you're feeling yourself losing control, just step back either literally literally or figuratively and start breathing deeply. And you can, it doesn't matter if anybody's watching or not. If your children are watching, that would be, this is a great 
way for you to teach your children how to manage anger. Because say they've come in and they've broken uh, your priceless whatever. And of course, you're going to, uh, you may feel some anger on that. But instead of losing your temper and yelling at them and saying what idiots they are and how irresponsible they are and how stupid they are and all those things that people say when they're upset, if you sit there and just say, wait one second, I need to breathe. And then breathe for 30 seconds or even a minute. That child is going to watch you go from a howling demon into a rational adult. What a gift that would be to your child to show your child how to deal with anger in a constructive way. One of the best ways to breathe is to breathe from your diaphragm because just breathing from your chest won't help you relax. Imagine that you're breathing down into your gut. In other words, all the way down to your rear end. And fill up your entire torso with oxygen. Now, we know that physically that's not what's happening. But you can visualize, the. in fact, you can breathe all the way down to your bottom of your feet if you like. You can visualize pure oxygen going all the way down your body, down past your hips, past your knees, down past your ankles, into your feet. And then as you exhale, all of the carbon dioxide and toxic stuff coming up until you're up around your uh, nose. And then inhale again and inhale that pure healing oxygen all the way down to the bottom of your feet. And as you're doing that, simply repeat a calming word or phrase like, I am relaxed, or just relax. And I am safe. Or there's nothing wrong. Or anything that puts you back into a space of peace and serenity so that you can deal with the situation that triggered you in the first place. Keep repeating these words to yourself while breathing deeply. You can imagine that you're at the beach, lying in a chair, watching the waves roll in. Or you can either start moving around in yoga-like exercises that helps you relax your muscles and make you feel calmer. You don't have to wait until you're triggered to do this. You can actually practice these techniques every day. Take a few minutes uh, every morning, every afternoon, and just see how relaxed you can be. That way you will learn how to use these techniques automatically when you're in a tense situation. And you can say to yourself automatically, I am calm and peaceful. I am calm and peaceful. Now one of the best ways I know of dealing with anger is to listen to its story. In fact, write it down. So when you're angry, get out your journal and your pencil and write whatever you're thinking about. Write down what your last thought was before you got angry. And that will give you a clue about what 
this anger is actually trying to tell you. Sometimes that anger is trying to tell you that you're being unkind to yourself. Sometimes that anger will tell you that you're not giving yourself enough credit. And sometimes that anger is trying to tell you that you're dealing with people that are just inappropriate for you to be around. You know, everybody can have their bad moments, but if you're around somebody that's uh, that is angry or insulting or critical all the time, you need to find some new playmates and find somebody that's positive, that's upbeat, and is having fun. Because simply, a lot of times, anger is the way that your subconscious is telling you you're in the wrong place, pal. So listen to this anger. Let it tell you the story. Write it down. And when you're calm again, after you've used these breathing techniques and affirmations, flicking your fingers or whatever you've done because you've listened to this show, you can look at it calmly and rationally and say, oh, that's why I got angry and this is what I've got to change. Try not to speak when you're becoming angry. Focus on your breathing instead. It's oftentimes the wise person that doesn't say anything and is thought a fool rather than saying something and proving it. So if you feel your blood pressure rising, if you feel threatened, if you feel triggered, best to keep your mouth shut and just to breathe until the anger peaks and will start slowly subsiding. Because one of the things that I have found is that if you're, say, if you say something in the heat of the moment, you know, that could destroy a lifelong friendship. It can destroy a marriage. It can destroy a trust. It can destroy uh, people's uh, feeling safe around you. And many times you will regret having said it. And you can't repair that many times. So you could actually do the best thing in the world by not saying anything. You, once those words are out of your mouth, you can't put them back in. You know, one of my favorite saying is keep your words sweet because you may have to eat them one day. One of the things that I find over and over again, at least in myself, is that when I get angry, it's amazing how my thoughts can become exaggerated and overly dramatic. And the story begins. When you start thinking uh, irrational thoughts and you recognize the fact that you're becoming angry, try replacing those thoughts with more rational ones. For example, if you think something along the lines of, this is terrible, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, everything's ruined, and this is, you know, I'm going to kill that person, or this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, back off a little bit, because none of those statements are ever true. 
focus on your breathing and tell yourself, yes, this is frustrating. Yes, I'm perfectly justified in being upset about it. But it's not the end of the world. And getting angry is not going to fix it anyway. So you can think of it as, yes, validate the anger. It's perfectly acceptable to say, I am angry. And then you can start using that anger to find out a lot about yourself, to go deep into your emotional body and heal the things that are coming up to be healed that have been signaled by your anger. Some words to avoid when you're thinking or talking when you're angry. Words like never or always is never true. Very rarely is anything always, and even more rarely is never, especially if you're talking about a person. You always are selfish, or you never think about me. All you're doing is trying to justify your anger, and that's no way to solve the problem. I guarantee you that it will alienate the person that you're mad at and may even humiliate them, and that's the end of that relationship. You might as well forget about a solution at that point. So when you start thinking in terms of always, never, and and absolutes like that, you can be assured that you've lost your temper, that you're getting to be out of control, and you're about to do or say something you're going to regret. So try to change your vocabulary. The world is not out to get you, even if it may feel that way. What's really happening is that you're experiencing something that you don't like or you feel victimized or you've forgotten some of the more basic truths about spiritual development, which is that everything happens for you, not to you. One thing I notice is that angry people always demand things. They won't fairness. They demand appreciation. They demand validation. They demand perfection in themselves and others. They demand control. They demand agreement. And they demand that you be willing to do things their way. And when their demands aren't met, their disappointment becomes greater and the anger gets more severe. Again, change your vocabulary. If you say, I demand, or you have to, or you should, or you should not have, those are all signs that your inner child is taking over and you need to get control of the situation. One of the things that I find is that if I simply remember that, well, how would an adult act in this situation? I can get back on solid ground pretty quickly because in my world, 
in my psyche, it's always that wounded inner child that loses his temper. It's not the adult. It's not the educated, experienced, brave, and serene adult. It's that child that was hurt at an early age that's acting out, that's feeling like they're victimized again over and over again. And when I recognize the fact that it's my inner child that's acting out, my adult can come back into the situation. My adult mind, my rational mind, and my mature mind can at least ask, well, what would an adult do in this situation? And generally that helps me calm down enough to where I can start thinking productively and positively. Many times when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can even see that inner child with beating the carpet with his hands and feet, yelling, I want my way, I want my way. And what I have to do in my mind's imagination is just simply go to that inner child and put my arms around it and say, you're going to be just fine. Everything is going to be all right. You're safe. I'm here. We're going to figure this out. There's nothing to worry about. That way, you don't have to fight. That way, you don't have to run away. However, one of the best things we can do as I said before, is take a break and disengage. If you're mad at somebody or if you're losing your temper in a conversation, you have the absolute right to say, I think I need to take a 30-second break. I'll be right back. And because I can guarantee you, if you take that 30-second break and calm down, you're going to be able to deal with the situation that's going to that you just left and whatever might result in you taking that break much easier than having to deal with what's going to happen. If you start yelling and screaming and throwing a temper tantrum and saying things that may cost you your job, your relationships, your self-respect and how you handle the situation. Remember to do something physical. Remember to breathe. One of the last recommendations I'll give to you because we're running out of time is get an ice pack and put it on the back of your head. Eastern medicine recognizes that when we get angry, we actually raise the body temperature of our, of our upper body. That's because all of the blood is rushing into our brain. So if you take an ice pack or even just some ice cubes, and put it on our atlas right at the bottom of the skull and the top of the spine, and calm that down, cool it down, we're gonna, you're going to start to calm down. You can put it on the back of your head. You can put it on the sides of your head above your ears. You can put it on the top of your head. You can put it on your temples, and you can put your ice cubes on your forehead. So this literally allows you to cool off. The last 
general solution to any problem with emotion is to go help somebody else. Then the anger will quickly dissipate. Service helps us get out of our victimhood and into compassion. So if you want more information on how to master your emotions, please go to my website, jamesgrayrobinson.com. And we are going to be coming back in the coming weeks with a, with a number of other emotions and that will help you master your life, master your health, master your happiness, and to learn how to live a fulfilling life. So thank you for listening. I appreciate all our listeners. This is great uh, being with you. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.